Hey, greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Today we have Richard Matthews with us and he's out somewhere near Oklahoma in an RV with his family traveling. And that's what he does. He's just told me that he's been traveling for the last two years with his family. At the same time, he runs a business and we'll find out what that's all about. And he's about freedom, financial freedom, as well as freedom, time on your hands so that you can do the things that you would like to do. And he teaches people how to automate and run webinars, online courses, consulting and such in order to find that freedom. So having said that, let's welcome Richard and hear from him as to how he started and what he's doing today. Welcome, Richard. Glad to have you on the show. Glad to be here. Yeah. So um, I guess where I started in business is a is a short sort of a long story it goes all the way back to when I was a kid. And I know you talk a lot about uh, changing directions. My uh, first um, jump into the entrepreneur space, I was 13 years old. And um, just fresh off of reading the uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad books that my dad gave me when I was a, you know 11 or 12 years old, I was in high school, and I managed to convince my dad to give me a $50 loan to go to the big box store and buy candy, and I was taking it to school and selling it to my friends um, for big profits, and uh, that went really well. Made you know made probably five or six hundred, maybe a thousand dollars before the uh, powers that be shut me down because you have to have a business license and you can't have a business license at 13 years old to sell things. But yeah, that's how I got started in business was uh, as a kid at 13 years old. And obviously, I've had to change paths a few times over the course of that. But yeah, that's that's where it started for me. Have you held job at any point in time? Yeah. So um, later in high school, I uh, I've held, I've held a couple of jobs. So I, I had a uh, I worked as a um, for Subway and did uh, sandwich artistry in high school. Um, I worked as a salesman for a scooter company that sold scooters for um, in high school. And then, uh, let's see, other jobs. I ran a photography business all through college and worked for a portrait studio part-time a little bit um, on the side while I was in college. And um, ran a consulting business for a few years after college and uh, had a hard time with the consulting business. Um, not because we weren't doing good work, but because I was... Um, had a terrible job of pricing my services right. Um, so I was starving while working and ended up having to shut that down after um, after a couple of years. And I took a job as a director of marketing, um, which is a whole story into itself. It took, uh, you know, about four weeks to go from, you know, running a business to having a six figure job and uh, running a $25,000 a month marketing budget. And then over the next 15 months, working as a C level marketing director. Um, we 10 x that company's lead flow and, uh, you know, redid an 8,000 page SEO campaign and, um, really changed, brought in, uh, enough leads to do 25 million in sales over that time period, um, for that company. And, uh, so that was, that was a really, um, it was a good change in my, my life and really gave me the confidence to go back out into my consulting practice afterwards, um, and started my consulting practice again, I think 2014 or 15. Um, after leaving the, uh, the, um, director of marketing position there, um, and, you know, working in the corporate world for a couple of years and then, you know, back to what I'm doing now. You know, where did you get that idea to get started with what you're doing right now? You know, being able to travel, being able to spend time with your family, automate a lot of things at the same time, be in a business where you're pretty happy with yourself as well as helping others. Well, when I, um, was just getting married, 
one of the things, one of the commitments I made to my wife was that I wanted to be at home every day with my kids for lunch um, and be able to have lunch with them and hang out with them and just, you know, not miss out on a lot of things that most dads miss out on because they have to work somewhere other than home. So over the course of 11 years or so since uh, we've been married, I've been working on designing a business that allowed me to do that specifically, to be home for lunch with my kids. And I can tell you now happily after 11 years that my son, who's 10, has missed maybe a handful of lunches with me where I've been out at a business meeting or something like that. And that was the uh, the impetus for me was I wanted to design a business that let me have that kind of uh, time freedom. And, uh, you know, the location freedom, the actual traveling stuff, something that happened a long time later, it was a couple of years ago, um, my wife and I were just chatting about it, thought it would be fun. And, uh, you know, to go see the world while we were uh, young and full of energy and uh, the technology and everything just sort of lined up um, and some opportunities lined up. We were able to, you know, uh, our, our landlord sold our house and we were able to get an RV and a bunch of things all happened in like 28 days. So we were like, let's do it. And so we've been on the road traveling for two, two and a half years since that day. And, uh, um, it's been really cool. Our business is, you know, has grown quite a bit since then. More freedom and more revenue now than I did when we were, uh, um, running a business from home. Now that we're running it from the road. Um, and I have some theories on why that happened. But anyways, yeah, that's, uh, that's sort of how that happened. Pretty awesome. So let's talk about your, uh, nomadic life. <laughs> so, so to say. So how's that going? How are the kids keeping up with that? And, uh, what do you see? You know, you've, you've kind of held a home at a point in time and now you're doing this. What, what do you see? What are the changes? What are the differences? And do you want to do it for the long term? Yeah. So it's been really interesting, right? So we have, um, when we left on the road, I had three kids. Um, the youngest one was six months old and now we have four. We actually had one on the road. Um, and she's one years old. So my youngest now, when we started is now three. Um, and my oldest is 10. And so, um, my younger three children have for the better part of their life been traveling, which is kind of cool. And all of them still to this day, if you ask them if they enjoy traveling, they tell you they love it. Uh, they've, uh, we've been all over the country. We've been to 26 different states so far. We've been to, uh, um, you know, museums and, you know, we've done, you know, we've slid off of waterfalls and climbed to the top of mountains and to the bottom of deserts and all sorts of other cool things. Um, we got to see, uh, whales this last, uh, yeah, what do you call it? Uh, transient orcas up in the Puget Sound over this last winter and you know we got to do all sorts of we just get to do cool things we're going down to the Keys um, in a couple of weeks and we're going to go to the Florida Everglades and all that kind of stuff so from a family standpoint we've never been closer I mean we have we have a blast we do a lot of things with each other and it's I don't know it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to be able to do that and to be there like I haven't missed anything with my kids because I was working and so that I really enjoy. But from like a family and business like standpoint, one of the things that I found really interesting is that I actually find it easier to be productive and easier to be creative since we've moved onto the road than when I had a office at home. And I have, I don't know what the, like the, how this actually works out, but my theory is that, that essentially when I was working at home, and I'm not sure if this is the same is true for everyone, but it was for me is you have a routine, right? Like, you know, like we knew on Tuesday afternoons, we took my kid to, you know, his gymnastics class. On Wednesday evenings, we went to my mom's house for, you know, family dinner. And on Thursday, we went to our favorite restaurant here. And like, like we had a routine and, it, and every week, the same thing happened at the same times all the time, right? And I knew my office hours were these certain periods of time and I would work then. And 
you would, it, it, ma- it just made sense to fill up your work time with work. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really, there was no real built in incentive to make sure that you got stuff done by certain times or at certain periods of time. So it was really easy to work 10 hour days and get the same amount of work done that I get done now in two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so moving on to the road, it's really interesting. Like, you know, we were, um, you know, if we go back to this last summer, we were at Yosemite, right? We're camped out at Yosemite. I still have to work full time. Um, or at least I have, I have full time work to get done. And, when you have, you know, Yosemite Valley sitting right outside your door and you're like, I can't go and explore it until I get my work done, you'd be amazed how quickly and how creatively <laughs> you can get your stuff done when you have the world beckoning, right? Um, and your kids begging you need to go out and play or, you know, like here at the resort we have, they got a jacuzzi and a pool and the kids want to go plan at a park across the street. And they're always like, hey, dad, are you done yet? Are you done yet? It's very motivating to get your stuff done and to get things built. So... Um, I have over the last couple of years, uh, my business has probably quadrupled in a number of ways, right? I've got quadrupled the revenue, quadrupled the clients. Um, we've got four employees now, three employees, um, including myself and before, um, that, that work on the business. When I started, we had just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is because I have a lot of motivation to have my time back. Right. And having employees and building systems and building things that allow us to get our work product out as quickly and efficiently as possible is uh, is really motivating to me because I have life I want to live, right? I have things I want to do outside of work. I love the work that we do and I love the impact we have for our clients. Um, and I love that. I, I lo- basically, I love everything we do with our business, but it's really interesting that having the motivation on the family side has really helped grow the business side. Um, so anyways, that's sort of how I think traveling has, uh, has impacted my business. I don't know if it would do that for everyone, but it certainly did that for me. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your business. Can you share with us what your business is about and what do you exactly do? Yeah. So, um, which this actually fits really nicely in with your, uh, your topic of plan B stuff, right? Because, uh, um, I'm currently in a big transition in our business. Um, and for the last, uh, I don't know, since 2012 or 13, I have been working with expert brand businesses to help them build uh, courses and trainings and online uh, masterminds and things like that. And then all of the sales and marketing material that goes into that and turn several of my clients into, you know, number one coaches in their space and, you know, six, seven figure um, earning stuff. Gotten really good at doing that with our clients. The only problem with that business for me is that it is, uh, it's, and it's something I discovered recently, it's a derivative skill for me. Derivative skill meaning it's something that I am, I have developed the ability to be good at, mm-hmm. but it's not in my zone of genius, if that makes sense. Right. right. And discovered recently when I know mastermind of a mastermind of my own where my zone of genius was, like the things that I'm really good at, and realized um, because I had a couple of people who are smarter than me slap me upside the head and tell me this, um, that my zone of genius is really in building automated systems and processes. And being able to see the workings of systems and processes and being able to do that allowed me to develop really good systems and processes in that space. But they were all, it's all, those are all derivative skills, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, that business requires a lot of my time, right? I have, there's, there's not, um, I have to put in a lot of effort personally in order to deliver work product in that space. And what has happened over the last six months is I've been transitioning into how do I build a business that's focused specifically on my zone of genius, which is building systems and processes that really help grow 
um, and use that skill set. And um, out of that came um, a new business that uh, we are growing actually really well right now. It's called Push Button Podcasts. And that business is um, built from the ground up on really, really solid um, systems and automations that allow us to deliver deliver the service we do for podcasters um, in a significantly shorter period of time than they can deliver for themselves. Uh, it also, because it's built on the systems and the automations and stuff, it I can scale it without my own personal like hours going up. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it was all built and developed that way, so I'm currently in the process of sort of spinning down the expert brand business um, and spinning up the the podcast business. Um, because one of them again is developed was was developed on derivative skills, and this one was developed on um, what I call innovative skills, right? The stuff that's in your zone of your zone of genius or your superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I have a lot more, I think, freedom and a lot more growth potential um, when your business is based around your zone of genius, um, because you can innovate in those spaces and you can do things that other play, players in the market can't do, um, and have a lot of growth potential there. So, anyways, that's sort of where we're at right now. Um, and we're, uh, we're in the process. I've got to actually today on my to-do list is to finish some of our sales messaging stuff um, and, and get some of that stuff ready to actually go to market. Uh, Cause we got our first couple of test clients going um, and, and working really, really solidly with push button podcasts. And uh, we're ready to start taking on it on clients and actually seeing if the, uh, what the market will bear. So what's the hero show about? So the hero show is my own podcast and that is, is a um it's actually what created push button podcasts it's kind of a fun story um back in 2015 i had um one of one of my own sort of personal desires in this world was to find a way to change the cultural narrative about entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and it's always really bothered me that even all the way back to childhood like if you watch any of the cartoons or movies or anything the villain is always an entrepreneur Right. He's always a business guy who's like a slimy jerk who's like, you know, intentionally dumping oil in the ocean because he hates ducks or something. And I'm like, that's just not reality, right? The reality is everything in your life that you touch and use and work with on a regular basis at some point was handled by an entrepreneur. And we, we rightly hold up doctors and military veterans and firefighters and police officers as heroes. And we wrongly hold up entrepreneurs as villains. Right. And I think that um, we should be holding up entrepreneurs as heroes as well. So the Hero Show is just my attempt to bring on entrepreneurs from all different walks of life who are doing all sorts of cool different things. And we've gotten to talk to some of the coolest entrepreneurs in the world. Um, and we're still looking at doing that. And the whole point of the show is like, I'm sure we'll get listeners um, eventually. But the point of the show is really for my guests to bring them on and to give them a perspective change in their own life and like how how they are a superhero in this world and how their um, their work is good and valuable and to sort of change that cultural narrative we have around entrepreneurship. And I see that so much with entrepreneurs that we we look at things and we struggle building and struggle growing things because we have this thought in our head that profit is evil and that building a business is evil. And even if you know even if we don't like believe those up here, they've been sort of engraved um, culturally for years and it's hard to get past some of that. Anyways, that's what the Hero Show uh, was built for. Um, and what we're growing it for. And, you know, I tried building it for a couple of years and recorded my first eight episodes on it and discovered that all of the work after you hit that stop record button really, really sucked. And uh, so I spent uh, two years sitting on eight episodes um, and never got them published. And so I finally, um, about a year ago, 
hired someone and started building all the systems and processes around, okay, how can we make it so that every time I hit stop record, the editing gets done, the transcriptions get done, the writing gets done, the graphics get done, the episodes get posted, they get shared on all the social media platforms that literally everything that needs to happen for a business development podcast gets done and I don't have to do any of it. And it was a realization after we sort of built that and got 80 episodes recorded and published and pushed out for that show that I wasn't the only podcaster who had that problem. And that was the the birth of the push button podcast service was, you know, building the systems and processes for my own podcast. Um, and having the message for that podcast is also going to be really valuable for other podcasters. So they sort of tied together the push button podcast and the hero show um, have, share a birth story. That's pretty awesome. You know, I, now you've got me, you know, pretty curious about push button podcast, you know, so all the stuff that you just mentioned, you know, I go through that. So I, yeah. you know, I'm pretty aware of what it takes. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious, I'd like to ch- check it out in terms of how did you automate it? Yeah. So for for the other things that you're doing, you know, in, in terms of coaching, consulting, and those kinds of things, who's your ideal customer? So my ideal customer in the expert brand space is generally a someone who has demonstrable results in a field, right? Someone who knows how to do something really, really well, um, and then has either access to or willingness to pay for access to an audience that we can get that that you know that wants that similar result. Um, and uh, what I do with them is I help them build and develop the training courses, right? We've got a, I've got a background in, uh, in preaching and in teaching. And um, so we will, I, I know a lot about how to take something that you know, and turn it into persuasive teaching. Persuasive teaching is the kind of teaching where you don't just learn something, but you learn something and then take action on it, right? Mm-hmm. You change your life as a result. Um, and uh, so most of my clients, their training courses have 80 and 90% consumption rates and 60, 70, 80, 90% um, success rates with their students because the students, the biggest problem with most courses is that people go through them and they don't do anything. So, um, as I was saying, the, uh, the, the people who, um, you know, when they're building those training courses, that's, that's what my goal is, is to help them build a training course that people actually consume and then change their lives based on get good results because those good results help snowball into more results. And then they result in more sales and growing more things and then becoming a, a big name in your space. Um, so, um, a, couple, a lot of my clients have been in the real estate space, real estate training. So everything from uh, from commercial real estate investing, wholesaling, flipping, mobile home park investing, uh, single family home investing. I had a person who was doing uh, um, work in the, I'm going to forget the name of it because it's a interesting financial stuff, but taking 401ks and directing those funds into private investments. Um, so a lot of stuff in the real estate space. Um, and then uh, people in um, in healthcare, I'm working with a doctor right now, um, who, who teaches how to do peak performance. Um, mm-hmm. that's actually really interesting. And I'm, I'm going through his program right now and, uh, and having a lot of, uh, improvements in my own life, both physically and health, um, and health wise. So that's really cool. I've got a whole pile of, uh, supplements that he's having me go through and some other programs, uh, learning how to do like, you know, gut cleanses and other things. And, uh, um, found out, uh, from my own personal things that like, even as high performing as I have been in my life that um, because of some health issues that I've got, I'm probably only performing at a third of my full capacity if I was actually like really, really healthy. So learning a lot about health with uh, with him. So the the range has been all over the place. And generally, my ideal customer is someone who's got demonstrable results and wants to get those to other people and learn how to build a sustainable business around 
those um, those things that they want to teach other people. So are you focused more on the training side of things or are you also helping them out with setting up systems and automation and all that? Um, so my uh, my secret sauce is I help them build the training and the sales. But my goal is that I want to help them create six figures or more of income and have the management of that business take less than four hours a week. So there's a lot of work that goes into building systems and automations that help support the business. Um, again, because that's sort of my my zone of genius is helping people build those things. And we have some uh, some stuff in place now that I'm just getting off the ground that we're going to start releasing publicly. Um, goes right along with Push Button Podcast brand called Push Button Processes. And we're actually teaching people how to build systems and processes. Right, because a lot of uh, a lot of people you say you've heard in your business all the time probably you need to have systems and processes, and then everyone thinks to themselves, well, that's great. What does the system and process look like, mm-hmm. right? And how does it actually work? And so I actually have a whole set of language for people on like, you know, there's you you have systems and you have workflows and you have processes and you have steps and what do each of those things mean and how do you actually look at your business and break it down into its component systems. How do you break those systems into their workflows, those workflows into the processes, those processes into the steps? How do you build an automation when you can? Um, and then how do you set it up so that any of the important decisions that your expertise is required for can be front loaded at the beginning of your workflows. And then, then the rest of the work can be handed off to people who are not you to do that work um, and to do the delivery. So we do a lot of teaching on how that specifically happens. And that is, uh, that's a, another aspect of our business is teaching people how to do that. So you mentioned you have a four person team. So how do you guys divide up the work? So generally right now it is, um, I do a lot of the talking. <laughs> <laughs> so right doing podcasts and stuff like that interviews like this one run our own show and then any of the actual uh um, on the expert brand business we're doing the uh the uh the creative direction and stuff in that business is all me and then um i have a uh um, mark who you probably interacted with to get me on the show is right. my uh my vsa he's a um you know a lot of people think uh you know uh vsa would be virtual assistant or something he's actually a virtual systems architect and uh, that's actually a term that comes from a good friend of mine. His company, ProSulum, is actually where I hired Mark from. And he teaches how to he teaches um, employees like Mark how to build virtual systems um, and do the kind of process building and everything that we were just talking about. And so I hired Mark. He was my first hire. And he has helped me build and develop a lot of my own systems and processes. And then he helps implement those things. Um, he's actually also he hired and hired and manages my other two employees as well. Um, and that was something that I trained him how to do. Um, so he manages the rest of my team and he does a lot of my overall, like making sure everything's getting done. Um, and then my other two staff members right now, I have one who is a full-time writer and she does all of the, uh, writing and transcription, um, work for social media and blogs and everything for our podcast clients. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, my other gentleman is, uh, been working on a lot of the data management movement. Um, that we have to do for that business. Um, and so he does a lot of that. And he is currently learning how to do uh, video editing from Mark, because that's uh, uh, one of Mark's college degrees in video editing. So he's uh, training him up to do some of the video editing as well, um, which Mark currently handles the uh, workflow for that. But yeah, that's, uh, that's how we, uh, we do all that. We communicate on uh, Slack most of the time, um, Slack and Trello. Um, and, uh, you know, we try to uh, keep a good, positive, you know, really geeky culture, right? We were just talking yesterday we've all got a i don't know if you remember from 20 years ago the uh, pokemon creatures mm-hmm. uh, and my son's really into pokemon recently and i brought that up in one of our things and then everyone sort of picked a little pokemon character and they've got it stuck on their name on slack and whatnot so 
we're a group of nerds um, with, you know, nerdy kids and, you know, doing fun things. That's pretty awesome. What's next in business for you and what's next in life as well? You know, I know you're getting started with push button podcasts, but where do you see your business going in the next five to 10 years? Well, I know um, that my goal in the next year to two years is to push the push button podcast brand to my first hundred clients, um, which will be a really big aggressive goal. And it'll also mean that we'll have to hire probably 30 or 40 people and grow a pretty big substantial staff for that. Um, so I'm a little bit scared of that because I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that sort of in my future, that's where we're going with that. Um, and that'll bring in some big revenue numbers. Um, and the transition that I want to make from there um, is I, I want push button podcasts to be a like a capsulated brand that I could either step away from and it'll continue to run and grow on its own or sell either one. I don't know that I'll sell it, but because I really like what we're doing there. But I want it to be sellable, if that makes sense. I want to mm-hmm. build it that way. And the reason I want to step away is because I want to start taking the um, my personal profits from that business and start running them into commercial real estate. Um, that's where I, I want to start getting into some of the more um, more like bigger wealth building t- type things um, and start getting into commercial real estate for self storage. And probably um, there's another one that's going to I'm going to forget what I was looking at. Oh, yeah, the uh, uh, elder care. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, assisted living, residential assisted living. And I think um, over the next 10 years, one of my goals, I think we can actually probably build a residential assisted living business mm-hmm. um, that will uh, serve thousands and thousands of people all over the country. And I want to take the systems and processes that we've learned how to build um, and put them into a space that has a tremendous, you know, billion dollar opportunity. So I'm thinking in 10 years, that's probably where we'll be at is we'll be on some form of a slope building towards a, a billion dollar um, business in the uh, uh, assisted living space with commercial real estate. Who knows, right? It might all change in a couple of years, but that's that's currently the thinking. You know, what's the best way for people to reach you, find you? Where where can they find you? Um, so if you want to find me in person, um, you'll have to you know hit us up somewhere. And <laughs> <in that. laughs> we're constantly moving. Um, but I do, oh, excuse me, I do like to meet up with people and have lunch whenever we can, whenever we're in, in places. Um, you can follow our travels on uh, um, Facebook. It's uh, our page name is Days Without Instant. Um, you know, and we rarely make it through a week without breaking something. So it's always zero days without incident. We just broke our stairs the other day. So, you know, that's where we're at there. But anyways, you can follow our travels there on days without incident. And then as far as our business stuff, um, you can find me on richardmatthews.me. We have all that, that website currently has all of my brand building stuff. And then, uh, push button podcasts is, uh, up pushbuttonpodcast.com. Most of that is done and up and ready to go. We're, we're just getting ready to actually do public launch on that stuff so some of the how it works pages and uh some of the uh the sales messaging is not all complete yet but we're getting there um and so you can find us find us there and reach out so uh richard this has been great you know there's a lot we've learned from you obviously you know listeners will be picked to go and check it out and see what appeals to them in terms of all the different things that you're doing before i let you go one takeaway for the listeners that you would like to leave for them so one of the things that has been really helpful for me in my life is what I call learning how to build the parachute on the way down. Right. Um, there's a, there's a country song that I can't remember the name of, but it's, you know, it says you can learn to fly on the way down. And, um, it's always, it's sort of been my modus operandi is how, um, can you act now and then learn how, you know, you become ready to do the action after you start 
taking action, if that makes sense. And if you spend your life waiting for all the stars to line up or for everything to work out, you'll never do anything, right? You'll, you'll always be waiting. Mm-hmm. And I have a number of times in my life just made the decision and gone for it. Everything from, you know, uh, moving out from my parents' house at 17 and a half to go to college to dropping out of college three and a half years in to start a business to, um, my wife and I, uh, essentially arranged our own marriage and eloped. And, you know, 11 years later, we've got a pretty fantastic life. We did that. Um, you know, stopping my business, um, when I realized we needed to make a change and taking a director of marketing position, running that for a couple of months and then stopping that and getting my business started again and, you know, dropping our everything we had to move into an RV and, and move forward. And anytime that you are looking at the opportunity, the difference between someone who has big, big success and someone who doesn't have big success is the one who jumps on it when the opportunity is there, right? And you can figure it out as you go. And if you learn how to figure it out as you go, that's a muscle that you build. It's a muscle that you develop. It's funny now because my wife um, tells me now, she's like, after we've been doing this for 11 years, she was like, I have complete 100% trust that if you change directions tomorrow, we'll absolutely be successful in whatever it is you're doing because I've watched you do it time and time and time again, right? Because it's a muscle that we've developed. And mm-hmm. um, we can you can do that in your own life, in your own business um, when you just just do it, right? Just get out and take action and move forward and, you know, plan, do, check, adjust. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been a pleasure, Richard. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure hosting you. Stay safe wherever you guys are, you know, with all the coronavirus stuff going on. Stay safe. Absolutely. And, uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, Rajiv. Thank you. Hey, I hope you liked that episode. Please make sure you tune in to Plan B Success Podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform, or you could even go to YouTube, or you could check out the episodes on planb.live or rajivmudumba.com. And please make sure that you subscribe so that you get updates on these episodes coming out pretty much on a weekly basis. There's three episodes coming out on a weekly basis. And take a moment to leave a review and a comment on any of the platforms that you subscribe to. Thank you very much. Thank you.